Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So we were talking about this earlier, but there are five AFC teams that are 10 and five that are trying to get into the playoffs this weekend. They all have to win to get in, but they can't all do it. There are only four spots. And so here are the teams. You got the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Colts. Chiefs and Steelers have already locked. Chiefs, Steelers, and Bills, rather, have already locked it up. So those five teams have to win to get in. None of them play each other. So, Jay, should they all win, the Colts would get left out. Should some of these teams lose and other teams would lose, they could help themselves out, if that makes any sense. So the question I have for you is, of these five teams that, again, are trying to get into the playoffs, which one has the best opportunity to win, get in, and go far in the playoffs? So look at all those teams. Which one would you say is the best coach? With the best resume? With history okay, that's Ravens. John Harbaugh. Yeah. Which team has the reigning MVP? The Ravens. Lamar Jackson. Which team has the best defense? The Colts. Colts, Dolphins, Ravens, they're all pretty good. But the Ravens are right there. It's a championship defense. You could say the Colts is better. Statistically, you'd be right. Dolphins, with those takeaways, it's an opportunistic D. It's up there. But the Ravens are in the fold. They belong in a class with all with both of those other teams. So for those boxes being checked from the Ravens, and the fact that Lamar Jackson's numbers in the last four weeks since he's come back from COVID are better than his MVP numbers, give me the Ravens. Give me Baltimore. Give me Lamar Jackson exercise those demons. Get a postseason win. I think this team has been tested. There's been questions. And much like what's going to happen in this country with COVID and we're fighting it, come back better than ever, that's Lamar Jackson. My man my man had the virus. I'm not joking here. He came back and he was he, he's recovered. And he played great football. He's playing the best football of his career in his four-game stretch. This guy is ready. He is resilient. This team is ready to prove some things. Give me the Ravens. Okay, I just was thrown off a little when we compared Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to COVID. No, I I, I, that's not. don't do that. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, saying <laughs> because we are resilient people, Lamar Jackson embodies that. He had COVID. He came back healthy enough to go out there and play football and is playing great football, and I'm rooting for that. Okay, fair I'm enough. just trying to set a resiliency theme going into a new year. I like it. Don't I, box I'm me into gonna, a corner. I know. I'm not going to rain on your supposed to be my wife not over today. there. Okay, not today. I I hear you. I got I got it. Sorry, just took me a second. Um, I'm going to agree with you on the Baltimore Ravens has the have the best opportunity, the best chance to go far in the playoffs. Um, that is if they win their game this weekend, which they should because they're facing the Bengals. I have a little bit of pause doing that because what has been the issue with the Ravens in the postseason winning football games, especially with Lamar Jackson, not only in the postseason, but in big games like yeah. against the Chiefs or in Sunday night or whatever it may be. So there is a little bit of pause. However, I think the Ravens, to use a quote that we use a lot, it's a little bit cliche, are peaking at the right time. They have all areas of a football team, all phases that can beat you. Last year, we saw the Tennessee Titans go up against the Ravens and run all over them. They weren't prepared for some reason or another to take down Derrick Henry, although I think everyone knew and still knows that that is the bread and butter to the Titans' uh, winning formula. However, they went out, they bolstered their run defense, and so here the Ravens are now equipped to stop the run, to stop the pass, to get after the quarterback defensively. Then you've got a quarterback that's capable of throwing and running. You have a very viable run game. You have a good pass game. Your offensive line now is starting to click after a few injuries. And so the Ravens from all facets look to be the best 
team to go the furthest in the playoffs. You know what hurts me? Or oh, keep going. I'm sorry. I That's thought, okay. Please. I was just going to point this out. However, I will say this, and this is kind of going out on a limb. I have been riding the Tennessee Titans train all year long. I'm kind of jumping off of it. Uh-oh. I'm going to the Dolphins train. Wow. The Dolphins have to face the Bills this weekend, and that's going to be a tall task. The Bills already beat the Dolphins once this year. In fact, the Dolphins really actually have – I'm sorry, the Bills really have the Dolphins number, and the Bills have beat the Dolphins already once this year. But even if the Dolphins lose against the Bills this weekend and other teams lose as well, the Dolphins can still get into the playoffs. If they do that – I actually think the Dolphins have a decent shot of going further than people think. I think that one-two punch of Tua Vailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick is untraditional. It's confusing. It's head-scratching. But that element of surprise that you can throw at defenses sometimes when you don't know which quarterback is coming in when, I think is actually very beneficial to the Dolphins. I love you. I hate doing segments like this with you. Why? Because I always do a little, like, what if? It's like pick one, and you always like everything. Have to pick a couple of them, whether it's it's purses, shoes, vacations. Like it's not just good enough to to take one. Give me two or three. Who is your team? The Ravens. Okay, then leave it there. You don't get the Dolphins too. There's no safety net here. You've got to pick one. But I I do think that's a little bit of a bold statement. So that if the if the Dolphins go out and they do things in the postseason, that gives it. me more of an opportunity to come to you and be like, I told you so. Now let me buy. And the I shoes. will say this: you only get <laughs> one play. Your play was the Ravens. Now, what I would like to expand upon a little bit is why I didn't take the Colts because okay. the Colts were the team that I've been riding with for so long. And it's not a recency bias. It's not the fact that they gave up that seventeen point deficit in stunning fashion to the Steelers. It's because of how that defense, a once top five total defense, has become now still very good, the eighth best total defense in the NFL. It's how they've looked since week 11 defending the pass. It's been awful to watch. Teams are going for over 330 yards, throwing that thing around the yard. There there hasn't been the, the stranglehold on the pass offense to go along with their rush defense that I've seen the majority of the season. Where they've let me down is with the D. Where they've let me down is with their defense. And so for that reason, I just can't ride with the Colts. I can't ride with them in the postseason like I'd want to. If they get in, yeah, they're still very dangerous. I'm not abandoning ship, but the Ravens have moved past them in this power trust why, ranking why because of that. Why do you just admit it? You're abandoning ship. I've been riding the Titans train. I admitted I jumped off of it. You've jumped off the Colts train. Stop. You're now on the Ravens train. You're not, you, you've abandoned it. I don't have any loyalty to the Colts. Yes, you do. You talk about it every week on our show on I, Sunday. I, how you think the Colts are the best team in the AFC. Where people, behind the where, where people get this thing wrong in analysis, including you, my love, is that we analyze to a point, and when trends change, we have to change with them. I can't be stubborn and say, no, no, I've been with the Colts all season. Got to ride with the Colts to the end. No, you watch week to week and say, is this projecting and trending upward? Is it at a standstill? Or is it taking a nosedive? It's not quite a nosedive with the Colts and their defense, but I'm starting to see some holes in a defense that stood up and was sturdy. And because of that, and watching the last four weeks of Lamar Jackson play with numbers better than his MVP season and with a team that has got back to their identity, which is a winning identity, and John Harbaugh is great in the postseason, and the next natural step for an MVP, a reigning one, is to do it in the postseason, the Ravens have moved past the Colts. I'm evolving. 
That's why yeah, you love me. You're evolving, just like Brian Flores has evolved in, in an NFL landscape where it's not common to have two quarterbacks heading into a postseason or a must-win game. You're going back to the Dolphins. Evol- yeah, you took the Ravens. I know, but I still kind of took the Dolphins. <laughs> Speaking of the Colts, though, because we were talking about the Colts heavily, I mentioned this. Five teams right now at 10-5, and five, only four playoff spots. If they all win, because none of them play each other, the Colts would be on the outside looking in. So here's quarterback Phillip Rivers on not controlling their own destiny heading into week 17. Every scenario involves uh, Colts beating the Jags. So um, I think that's and that's the only uh, only one we have a say in. So uh, I think just be focused on, on what we can control, find a way to get win number 11 and, um, you know, don't be distracted by uh, all the other all the other games that have an impact on us moving forward. No doubt. So uh, that's a really good point. He can't be distracted, and I don't think he's going to be able to because the NFL does a good job of putting all these teams that matter to another team at the same time. That's why all these games are played on Sunday. No Thursday, no Saturday, no Monday night football. Everything is played on Sunday. All right, let's get to some college football. The people who played 10 of 11 games had to survive the grind. That's grit. Keep going. Keep fighting through it. Let's go, man. Just focus on what you got to do to get better. When you get to this point in the season, it's not about what you've done. It's about how you finish. Touchdown, Alabama! We're on a mission, and that's to win a national championship right where we want to be, but at the same time, we have a long way to go. You don't want to just get this far. You want to keep on going. All right, let's get to Gene Chizik. He is on the SEC Network. He's also a 2010 national champion, and he joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Gene. Thanks for being with us this morning. And tonight... Not tonight. Tomorrow, I'm Wish sorry. Tonight. I, yeah, I know. I'm thinking I don't even know what day it is. Uh, tomorrow, we will see the college football semifinal, and specifically Alabama taking on Notre Dame. My husband over here is a Notre Dame alum, so he has already made the argument for a blueprint, if there is one, for Notre Dame to beat Alabama. But you have watched this Alabama team really closely. How good are they? Well, first of all, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, yes, I have. I've, I've obviously had the luxury to watch these guys, you know, all year long from game one to now. Uh, and, you know, quite frankly, they're probably the most complete team Nick has had that I've seen at Alabama. Uh, and, and, again, that's everywhere. You know, obviously, you have a bunch of five-star and four-star guys all up and down the roster but it's how they play together. Uh, this has been a really unique football team. You know, offensively, uh, the firepower that they have is unbelievable. Mac Jones is a quarterback that two years ago nobody heard of that has come out and, and really surprised me. I mean, the way he throws deep balls, his accuracy, uh, his command presence with the offense has been nothing short of phenomenal. Najee Harris literally has come into his own as a running back and become one of the best complete running backs in the country and the unique thing about this game guys is you're looking at two offensive lines in both Alabama and Notre Dame that are probably the two best in the country one and two Uh, and so that's where Alabama really really hangs their hat their offensive lines physical they do a great job in protection and then defensively which at the beginning of the year was somewhat of an Achilles heel uh, they've gotten better. You know, Ole Miss destroyed him for about 280 yards rushing early in October. 
since then they've given up one uh, one one game where they've had you know over 100 yards rushing against them. So they've improved greatly. I still think it's going to be a really good matchup. You can't ever undersell Notre Dame. Brian Kelly does a great job, uh, but they got their hands full trying to beat this Crimson Tide team. Coach Chizik, and you touched on it a little bit there, but I'm trying to find vulnerabilities. I'm trying to find reasons for optimism as a Notre Dame fan, and everybody knows the history on the big stage for Notre Dame and their inability to get things done or even make it competitive here. Uh, So I am looking for the opportunities and the pathways, and I look at the 48 points Mississippi hung on on, uh, Alabama's defense in a loss. I, I look at Florida most recently hanging 46 points on Alabama, and again in a loss, but is there an opportunity for this Notre Dame offense with Kyron Williams, that impressive offensive line, control a little bit of clock, and book has answered a few questions this season, take advantage of some opportunities. Can they compete in a high-scoring game with Alabama? Well, I think that's the question, right? You know, I, I've really watched a lot of Notre Dame film here recently, and it's really interesting how Brian Kelly operates in this offense. Unfortunately for Notre Dame, this offense kind of plays into Alabama and what Alabama's game is, right? It's not about uh, the talent. We know Ian Book really has had a great year. Uh, You know, the first game against Clemson, you could watch him. I really was impressed with him. You know, the way he manipulated the pocket with his feet when there was pressure, uh, the way they used him in in some of the run game at critical moments in the game, I thought he was really good. Kyron Williams. I mean, 65-yard touchdown run and outran Clemson's entire defense on the second or third play of the game. So they've got guys. The problems that that Alabama's defense has had over time is the spread offenses that spread the field, go up-tempo, can't get them lined up. This defense requires a lot of communication. Offensively, Notre Dame doesn't strain you like that. This is an extremely good offense but it's two tight ends. It's three tight ends. Uh, Not a lot of tempo involved. Those are the things that has been Alabama's kryptonite. So I don't know that schematically that's what strains this defense. Now, do I think Notre Dame can hang in there and and do some things to win the game? Absolutely. There's no question in my mind. Number one, Ian Book's got to play at an elite level. That's just the bottom line. And they're going to have to throw up some 50-50 jump balls and come down with them continue to try to pound the football. Yes, Alabama has gotten better at run defense, but they have not seen an offensive line like this offensive line that Notre Dame has. So there are opportunities in there. I think that Ian Book's going to have to be counted in the run game some on design quarterback runs where they plus one the box, meaning there's not enough guys in the box to, to account for the blockers and the quarterback as a runner. So there's some things that they can do. But let's be honest, if Notre Dame is going to win the game, it's going to be a turnover battle plus two scenario that they're going to have to do. They're going to have to steal a couple of possessions. Defensively, Notre Dame's really solid, but they're going to have to uh, you know, really limit these catastrophic pass plays that Alabama destroys you with. And then when, when Notre Dame gets down in the red area, which in the games against Clemson, they got down there a couple times, had to kick field goals, they got to score touchdowns uh, down in the red area. If there's any way they're going to match them score for score. We're talking to Gene, uh, Coach Gene Chiswick right now from SEC Network, also a 2010 national champion. He's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. So let's go to the other game that will be tomorrow. That's Clemson and Ohio State. When you look at this matchup, Coach, what do you see? 
Well, I think Ohio State's got their hands full. I mean, you really look at Clemson. I mean, you saw the real Clemson uh, in the ACC championship game. That was a healthy Clemson. That was, you know, all hands on deck. And they're just talented guys. I mean, you look at them offensively. You got receivers, Amari Rogers, EJ Williams, Cornell Powell, guys you never heard of a year ago that are stepping up to the plate and becoming real threats for, for Trevor Lawrence. I really love what, what Clemson did last week with Trevor Lawrence. They designed quarterback run. Uh, they ran him on design quarterback runs a minimum of 10 to 12 times to win that game, and he rushed for almost 100 yards. But physically on defense is where Ohio State is going to have issues, meaning against Clemson's defense. Brent Venables is one of the best in the country at calling defenses, game planning, He's aggressive. He'll take chances because he's got real dudes everywhere that can execute this defense. Uh, They're extremely aggressive on first and second down. And look, let's be honest, we've seen fields look uh, less than average sometimes. I mean, you look at the Indiana game where he threw, uh, you know, three three picks and he got sacked, I think, four or five times. Um, You know, there was times in in, in the Big Ten championship game he did not look great. Yes, they can run the ball. Yes, they will have to run the ball, meaning Ohio State, to win the game. But this Clemson team is complete on both sides of the football, and I don't see any flaws. Coach Chizik, my wife Shay has mentioned uh, multiple times over here uh, to show not only the acumen but the credibility. You've won a national championship. You did it at Auburn in 2010. Uh, You've forgotten more football than we could ever know here uh, filling in for KJZ. Um, And and I mention that because I want to ask you about your quarterback from 2010 when you won that national championship with Auburn, a perfect 14-0 season. It was Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton is, is iconic to the game of football, collegially and professionally. Um, injury has shorted him on the productivity we may have seen from him this season, along with the roster there in New England. Uh, but how would you assess the season for him in New England and his future in this league? Well, it's going to be interesting, guys. You know, I, I think you said it. I, I got a chance to watch several of the games. Um, there were some times in football games he looked really good, and there were some times that uh, he didn't look so good. But, again, you've got to be able to throw in the factor of what was around him. What did he have as far as guys to throw to? What did he have in terms of protection? You know, Cam's getting older, and the bottom line is is his body uh, isn't what it used to be when he was 22 years old. Uh, but he's still a big physical presence. I still think he's got gas in the tank left if they get him to a team uh, that uses him correctly. And I'm not saying that New England didn't. But I'm just saying it's going to have to be a perfect fit because he's winding down his NFL career. That's the bottom line. Physically, uh, you know, I still think, again, he's six foot five. He's 255 pounds. I still think he's going to be okay physically, but he needs to get to a team that's going to use him correctly, that has weapons on the perimeter he can get the ball to, uh, that will, you know, very judiciously use him in the quarterback run game. Uh, but I still think he's got some gas left in the tank. I think his teammates really like him. He's great in the locker room. Uh, We'll see what happens, but I certainly wish Cam the best. Coach, before we let you go here, who do you think, we're going to go back to college, who do you think should win the Heisman Trophy Award this year? If I had a vote, I would go Devontae Smith, guys. I've just watched him uh, over the last several weeks, and, I mean, he is just – First of all, I love the story. He's a self-made guy. This guy is a worker. He's a blue-collar guy. 
He's the leader of the locker room. Everybody respects what he does. He set a blueprint for players at Alabama for years to come just because they watch how he goes to work every day. He's a guy that's been overshadowed uh, by other guys last year when they had rugs and they have all these different first-round draft picks. He waited his turn to be the guy. I mean, don't forget, Jalen Waddle got hurt this year. Jalen Waddle doesn't get hurt. I don't know that we're having this conversation about him as a Heisman candidate because the balls are split. And so, but what he did is he took the fact that Jalen Waddle got hurt and he had to carry that receiving core on his back. Not that they don't have other good guys, but what he has done has been phenomenal in, you know, his 11 games that he's played. He's been unstoppable. It doesn't matter how you try to cover him over under brackets, double teams, it doesn't matter how you try to take him out of the game. You simply just can't. And the, the catches that he has made have been nothing short of remarkable. So I love the kid. I love the story. And, hey, let's give it to a wideout instead of a quarterback this year. What do you think? <laughs> I love it. Hey, we're here for change. We love it. That's what 2021 <laughs> is going to be all about, right? Coach Gene Chizik, thanks so much for the time. Thanks, thanks for joining Coach. us on the Goodyear Hotline. Enjoy the games tomorrow, and Happy New Year to you. Appreciate it, guys. Happy New Year's to you guys, too. Thank you. The college football playoff is on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern against the Rose Bowl, presented by Capital One in Arlington, Texas. It's number one Alabama taking on number four Notre Dame. And then you got the All-State Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. That's number two Clemson taking on number three Ohio State. Coming up next, it is New Year's Eve. Yes, it is. What is one thing you want your favorite team to leave behind in 2020? 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. Answers are on the other side. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. All right, so we are asking the question this morning, what do you want your team to leave behind in 2020? The phone number is 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. By the way, you're listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. And the ESPN app. You can tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I am Shay Cornett. He is Jordan Cornett. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Um, and it is New Year's Eve, so that's exciting, people. We have made it through the year of 2020, looking ahead to 2021. And I'm going to start first. So my 
favorite team, team I grew up on, team I love, I follow probably the closest would be the Chicago Bears. And so what am I going to leave behind in 2020? Well, I'm going to I'm going to leave behind Nick Foles because that didn't go so well, that experiment. And then I'm also going to leave behind these quarterback woes and issues that seems to be part of the football DNA in Chicago. Your entire life. I am My entire life has been about how the defense is so strong and that's what Chicago is made of. The monsters of the midway. And then the quarterback is shaky consistently, always, every single year. And so I hope in 2021 we find a quarterback that is here to stay, there to stay in Chicago for the long haul, is efficient, can read defenses, can compete with the best in Aaron Rodgers um, and, and the biggest rivalry in Chicago. And so let me leave behind, yes, Nick Foles, that's half joking, but also the quarterback issues that Chicago consistently has. Still got Sid Luckman, right? They remind Come on, you every you do national, this every time. Every national broadcast, so I'm going to do the same thing. Sid Luckman, you still have Sid Luckman from your past. I uh, roll there. Um, I, I have to, with these Notre Dame gold iconic helmets in front of me, and w- what's one sleep away, Notre Dame, Alabama, number four, Notre Dame, number one, Alabama, uh, as balanced a team as we just had Coach Gene Chizik, national champion from 2010, coaching Auburn, said this might be the most balanced team the Nick Saban's ever had at Alabama. That is scary, given the dynasty and the run there. So, Shea, for me, with what's in front of us tomorrow, an opportunity on the big stage – I want to leave behind in 2020 the narrative that Notre Dame can't get it done on a big stage and doesn't belong with the big boys because they're always overmatched. It's warranted. The proof is in the pudding. History has shown for this to be an accurate belief. But I want the narrative to be put to bed, tucked in, and sung a lullaby. I want it to be left in 2020. I would love to see Notre Dame not come out here and, and keep it interesting for three quarters. Not come out here and, and and lose by 10 and people say, well, hey, at least it wasn't 30. At least Notre Dame covered those 19 and a half points. Uh-uh. I want Ian Book. I want Brian Kelly. I want Kyron Williams. I want Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, the quarterback of the defense, that linebacker who's the next level guy. I want them to go out there and get a dub. I want them to beat. Oh, my phone's blowing up. That's embarrassing. I want them to beat Alabama. My friend who's probably texting me agrees with that. I want to see a win from Notre Dame in this one. I want the narrative put to bed. I want it to be over. Okay, fair enough. So you want the narrative to be over. Yours seems like a taller task, maybe even than mine. (laughs) And the shaky quarterback play that has followed my Chicago Bears for what seems like 25-plus years. Um, There's a lot of people that want to weigh in on this, and I love that because it is New Year's Eve. Nolan tweeted at us, the Buffalo Bills can leave behind all the Josh Allen hates in 25 years of heartbreak. And then we've got Aaron in Indiana. He wants to comment on this. He wants to leave. Michigan football in this season behind, don't you, Aaron? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Who wasn't that's a Wolverine fan? I mean, you got to be kidding me. There's no way that we're this bad. It, let's just blame it on COVID. There's no other excuse. I mean, come on. A lot of people want to leave behind Harbaugh, I'm sure. But I'm realistic. You know, Michigan is who they are. We've only won one national championship in 50, 60 years. We're an 8-10 to 10 win football program, and Harbaugh's got us back to that. Of course, do we want to be Ohio State, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson? Yeah, but, you know, let's face it. Ohio State's at a level they've never been before, thanks to Urban Meyer. And, hey, what a storyline. What if Harbaugh got thrown out of there and Urban Meyer went in? But, uh, hey, I'm for Go Blue. Uh, We're going to turn around next year, and I'm just saying let's leave it behind. And uh, one thing for you, Jordan, my wife is a Bama fan. And uh, she's telling me there's uh, there's no way you're going to be able to leave that that behind. But uh, good luck to you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. And, uh, 
Thank yeah, you. Happy New Year, guys. Happy, happy New, New Year. Your wife you is always too. right. Unfortunately, the wife is always the right. The wife is always right. He has learned this. 888-729-3776. It's 888-ESPN. What do you want your team to leave behind in 2020? Henry tweeted, I would like the New York Giants to leave Evan Ingram stone hands in 2020. Okay, Ryan tweets, the Bears can go ahead and just leave behind Ted Phillips, Matt Nagy, and Mitch Trubisky. Yo, Ryan, chill out. Let's see what comes on Sunday before we're leaving behind everyone. A lot of Bears fans still feel like even though you're at this point, you don't feel as confident as you should. A, you should be in the postseason, they feel like. It should already be decided. And this should be a team that's competing for a Super Bowl. I think there's a lot of Bears fans that feel like even where they are right now is not where they expect it to be at this point. Expect it to be further along, especially with that defense having a guy like Khalil Mack. Um, what they've seen in the last few seasons, it hasn't been trending upward. It's been at a standstill and mainly because of that offense. So I get it. I get it, too. Jamie's in Houston. What do you want to leave behind in 2020, Jamie? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I want to wish you guys a happy new year, first off. Thank um, you. I'm a Rockets fan, and uh, I want the Rockets to leave James Hard behind this year. <laughs> you know, this team's bent over backwards for him and brought in players that he wanted to play with, and he's, he can't get it done. Um, you know, bring young players in here that want to play for the city and bring a championship to the city. All right, fair enough. I respect enough. that. Yeah, I respect that too, Jamie. I think it's I been enough that. out of James Harden. I, I can't agree with you more. Larry, Ryan, and Michael all tweeted, Adam Gase. They want to leave Adam Gase behind. In hey, 20. who's going to argue that one? <laughs> Who is going to argue that they don't want Adam Gase anymore and they I want him know. to be left behind? Don't worry, you're, you're probably going to be granted that wish. Yeah, no kidding. Nathan tweeted, the Detroit insert name here, leave losing behind. <laughs> all their teams aren't good. Yeah. Hey, thanks for clarifying for me. <laughs> Sorry, it's not. Appreciate I shouldn't connect those dots. I shouldn't laugh. It's just easier for me to laugh because I'm a Bears fan. Lions in the same division. Um, Zach tweets that the Packers leave behind all the Jordan Love was a wasted pick talk, and they needed a receiver. Turned out the moves they made are looking pretty good. I have been saying this a million times over, Zach. Yeah, but what? Zach, I'm tired of feeling sorry Zach, for the Packers. What if you use that draft pick Goodness. to enhance your defense oh, please, to Jordan. give what everybody was clamoring for? Aaron Rodgers yet another weapon. Imagine what they'd do then if he had yet another weapon. It still was a wrong uh, misfire. Oh, please. You have them picked to win the Super Bowl. Please stop. In spite of it not... all, it speaks to Aaron Rodgers' okay, greatness. sure. Um, really quick, you said this earlier. What does proof is in the pudding mean? What, what proof Here we is go. in she, the pudding? Again, she wants – why does she always what do this? What does that mean? I mean? Pat Costello, our producer's back there throwing his hands up like, why do you always expect us to give the lineage because of you, these you, phrases? <laughs> you use these terms like they're normal, like that – Pudding, like chocolate pudding, so it's got I th- proof. I think, the, I think the proof is in the pudding. I'm going to try and get this one, too, like I've done the last three times you've done this on the spot. Proof is in the pudding, I think, says, if you want to believe it, if you want to see the proof, just taste it. That pudding, it speaks for itself. Okay, it's see, delicious. That's and that's guess. why we need a tub of pudding. Why do they all come in the small little containers? Let's get a big tub of pudding. Why doesn't anyone make that at the grocery store? Someone needs to get on that. Uh, The question we have coming up next, how could the Browns' COVID-19 situation impact their meeting with the Steelers on Sunday? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. Time to go back to that Goodyear hotline. That's where all guests join us. And we are joined right now by ESPN senior NFL insider. His name is Adam Schefter. Good morning to you, Adam Schefter, and Happy New Year to you. Um, Good I need morning. To- Happy New Year. Thank you. What is the latest with the Browns COVID-19 situation as of today? Well, they reopened their facility yesterday, but I think there is concern in the organization and in the league to make sure that this doesn't spread after the Browns had their wide receivers wiped out over the weekend against the Jets. And now you've got other people on the team that are testing positive. And this is all about controlling the spread of the virus. And clearly they're struggling to do that some in Cleveland. And the NFL has done an unbelievable job getting through this season. There have been no cancellations so far. There's no week 18 that people talked about for a long period of time. There's been no pushback of the postseason so far. And here we are in the last week of the regular season. And the one issue that seems to be front and center right now is the Browns, and everybody's working to combat it and see if it can, they can get it under control. And you hope they can because it would complete a perfect season for the NFL, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a hat tip to the league to be able to get this thing done. Shefty, what does this mean for Baker Mayfield in terms of future, financial implication? Is there a lot on the line there for him to perform well in this matchup? Well, everybody's wondering whether the Cleveland Browns would pick up his fifth-year option after this season. I think he's made it a moot point in my mind, mm-hmm. the way he's played. Uh, I don't know where you would turn if you weren't turning to Baker Mayfield. Is there room for improvement with him? Yes, absolutely, he could play better. But he's played well enough to have this team in a position where it was 10-4 and four going into New York, playing the Jets to clinch a playoff spot when the Browns lost their top four wide receivers. And now they're in a position again to clinch uh, their first playoff spot in almost two decades with a victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, will treat this weekend almost as the bye week that they never got during the season due to the COVID crisis. So the Browns are in a really nice position if they could capitalize on it and take advantage of it and move forward with it. But to me, Baker Mayfield has solidified his future. His future still is left to be written, but I think he's done enough where the Browns have to pick up his fifth-year option now. Browns are in a situation where they have to win to get into the playoffs. Similar situation in Washington with the Washington football team. Seems like odds are more on their side. However, we don't know what's going on with the quarterback position yet. Alex Smith, is it Taylor Heineke? What is the latest with that, Adam? Well, here's the situation there. Basically, I think that they are still optimistic and believe that Alex Smith will be ready on Sunday night to get back into the lineup. But they know that he knows the offense. They know that he's worked with these players before. And they also know with this team having released Dwayne Haskins this week that they really have to get Taylor Heineke ready to play in the event that Alex Smith suffers any setbacks or can't go. And so Taylor Heineke was the one that was taking the reps with the first-team offense during practice on Wednesday. And Taylor Heineke is the one that they're trying to bring up to speed in the event that Alex Smith doesn't come along, suffers a setback, does something like that. But I think that they believe that Alex Smith should be out there on Sunday night starting for a game that Washington has to have to win the NFC East. Shefty, everything we're hearing is Kyler Murray is a go for the Cardinals and a must-win for them. And, of course, they need some other things uh, to happen in their favor to make the postseason. Uh, What's the latest on the status of Kyler Murray? 
Well, Kyler Murray himself said he's mm-hmm. going to play on Sunday, and he proclaimed himself good to go. And then, if you didn't believe his words, all you had to do was look at the injury report yesterday. He was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. So if Kyler Murray is full go on Wednesday, that tells you he'll be full go on Sunday unless there's some sort of setback that nobody's anticipating right now. So the Cardinals will have Kyler Murray. The problem is on the flip side with the Rams. Jared Goff underwent thumb surgery on Monday. He's out. Their top two running backs, Daryl Henderson is on IR. Cam Cam Akers is battling his own ankle injury. Couldn't practice yesterday. And Cooper Cup, their wide receiver, is on reserve COVID right now. And Sean McVay said yesterday that he doesn't think that Cooper Cup is going to be available to play in this game for the Rams. So no Goff, no Cup, no Henderson, maybe no Akers. Going to be a tough assignment for John Walford making his first NFL started quarterback for the Rams. No doubt about it. We're talking to Adam Schefter right now, ESPN senior NFL insider. He joins us on the Goodyear hotline. So, Shefty, let's talk now about the Kansas City Chiefs. They have already secured home field advantage in a first-round bye, and now we're hearing from Andy Reid that he could potentially sit his starters, which would mean that the starters would be sitting now for about three weeks. What do you make of that decision? Well, it's not that he could be sitting his starters. He's going to be sitting the starters he can. He already has said that Chad Henney is going to start at quarterback for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes will be resting. There were a number of players like Tyree Kill, who's been nursing a hamstring injury, who you don't expect to be out there. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not going to be out there. Uh, They'll give the time that is needed to the players who need it right now. And yes, again, the Chiefs haven't played their best football. And so they're going to take off essentially with what they can in Week 17. They'll be the one AFC team that has a bye. And then they'll be back to work in the divisional playoff round. But that's a lot of time to be off and not being on your A-game. And again, I think we've seen it enough over time I'd be a little surprised if the Chiefs just came out in the first quarter of the divisional playoff game, played their best football. They're certainly talented enough to do it, but there are very few teams that go to zero, that go from zero to 60 just like that. It's a hard thing to do. And so they're going to have to get back that playoff mojo, but Andy Reid knows that team better than anybody. And he thinks the right course of action is to rest these players. I'm not going to argue with Andy Reid, but I understand the question. Shefty, as you look at uh, Week 17, uh, a lot of playoff implication, absolutely a lot of intrigue there, but a lot of franchises and fans with questions of who their head coach is going to be going into next season. Do you anticipate a lot of news coming out uh, once the conclusion of Week 17 uh, comes to an end uh, in terms of coach jobs opening and coaches being hired potentially? Well, there always is. That, that's what the end of the season always means. It means the start of the postseason, and it means the start of hunting season in the NFL with coaches and general managers. But the truth of the matter is, hunting season began long ago in this league. And we already have four teams that have general manager, or five teams with general manager openings, and three teams with head coaching openings. The Lions fired their coach. Texans fired their coach. Falcons fired their coach. Jaguars fired their GM. Washington football team still looking for another GM. So there's already been a lot of activity. Everybody knows what's coming next in New York with the Jets. No secret there. So there will be another head coaching opening. And so now we wait to see exactly what happens with the rest of the league. But it's always busy right after the season. Adam, last thing before we let you go. Uh, The Bills have decided that they're going to let their mafia in a small percentage of them for their playoff game that's coming up here shortly. How surprised were you with this decision? Well, it wasn't the Bills that decided. It was the New York State and Governor Andrew Cuomo. And they obviously were in consultation with the various health officials and decided that it was okay to have 6,700 fans there. Look, if that's the decision that they made, I'm happy 
for those 6,700 fans, each of whom will have to be tested for the virus before they're allowed into the stadium that day, which is how it should be. And look, 6,700 fans in an area like that, they should be able to be spread out. And if there's any fan base that deserves a home playoff game, it is the Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia, 6,700 lucky fans get to go by the authorities of New York. And good for them. It'll be fun to see them in attendance. Hey, no doubt. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Adam Schefter, thank you so much for the time. Happy New Year to you. Enjoy happy week New 17 Year to everybody. Yeah, happy New in Year. the NFL. We'll see you later, Shefty. Thank you, guys. Um, he said it perfectly. If there is any team that deserves to have a maybe home Maybe the Cleveland Browns. Game. Maybe the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, maybe. But they're not all home. They're not going to have a home. Yeah, no. A yeah, home Buffalo. playoff game. 100%. And I love the fact that they're going to test. I didn't know that they're going to test every fan before they come into the stadium. Got to. So where we're living in safety that's first. Of, that's a lot of tests, though. Yeah. They're going to have to start like a week beforehand, but that's yeah. okay. But uh, we know a Bills Mafia member, and I know she would love to be at that game. Oh yeah. And I also know this. As someone said to me, "You know they're not going to be wearing masks." Listen, if you've ever seen Bills Mafia and Bills fans tailgate, I mean, they do it up. They like paint their face. They wear masks. They wear which is, things. Which is funny everywhere. because the, the friend of ours is not one of the the aggressive Bills no. Mafia fans, except no. on game day. She kind of turns it up and up. Yeah, she come on. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> does. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't worry about them being like no mask. Like they'll find a way to get creative with their with their masks and. How their, excited are you they, to see Josh Allen in the postseason? In the postseason again, but in the postseason with an opportunity and a little bit more momentum because Stefan Diggs has arrived there alongside him. I think he's got a real chance here to not only win one, but maybe win a couple and maybe even a Super Bowl. Maybe. Maybe. How excited am I? I hate the narrative that we're all talking about. It's Kansas City or bust in the AFC. Like, give me the Buffalo Bills all day long. Three out of 24 games. The Chiefs it. have won. I get Patrick it. Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. Uh, Tyreek Hill, reigning Super Bowl champs. You have to respect the standard. I love it. This Sunday is going to be great. All the games are going to be played on Sunday. So many playoff implications. I love that the NFL added an extra wild card game. What? Give us a plug. Where can I hear it? Oh, you can hear it on game day on ESPN Radio from 1 to 5 Eastern. Jordan and I will be breaking down every game. Go. As it happens. Please join us. (laughs) Because it's going to be a busy day. My head's probably going to be spinning with all the games going on. But I wouldn't have it any other way. All right, we are Shay and Jordan Cornette filling in on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Coming up next, what will this weekend mean for Baker Mayfield? We'll tell you. That's on the other side. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.